We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Last Monday, more than two dozen business, science, and policy leaders met at the Shedd Aquarium here in Chicago to talk about efforts to protect the Great Lakes and the industries and economies that depend on them. It's all about invasive species and more. And two experts are here to tell you why you need to care. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. The Great Lakes, we're told, are home to some 3,500 species of plants and animals, and in addition to the recreation and tourism on the lakes, they provide essentials like food, drinking water, and jobs. So what's got the experts worried? Asian carp, and the need for people and industries to pay attention to the problem. Joining me here in the studio are Andrea Densham, the Senior Director of Conservation Policy at the Shedd Aquarium, and Jacqueline Wegner, the head of conservation action at the shed. And thanks to both of you for being here. Oh, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Good morning. Well, people hear about the threat of Asian carp getting into the lakes occasionally, um, but except for actions by the uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to block the carp from as far away from the Great Lakes as possible, there's not a lot of public talk about what's being done uh, or the dangers. So, uh, Andrea Densham, tell me a bit about what the Shed and the Great Lakes Business Network uh, were doing at that uh, invitation-only meeting and what prompted it. Absolutely. So one of the core elements what we're trying to do is grow the impact of business leaders to advance really smart conservation policy. Uh, This is what we hope to be a beginning of a series of forums on conservation policy issues and the role that business leaders across the Great Lakes Basin and bi-nationally can have to advance important conservation issues. Asian carp is one of those issues. Invasive species um, is is another that's related to that. But there are many, many others. Um, We very much wanted to use this as an opportunity to kick that off. We hope to be able to work in partnership, not only with the Great Lakes Business Network, but with our colleagues at the Alliance for the Great Lakes and the National Wildlife Federation to continue to grow these kind of activities. Um, And clearly, Asian carp is one of the critical um, concerns we have right now. It is growing closer and closer uh, to Lake Michigan. And we know from the University of Michigan study a couple months ago that if it finds its way into the Great Lakes, um, it will reproduce and, and continue to have a devastating impact. We can stop it, though, and we have all the powers and tools to do that. So we're talking with the business leaders about how they can amplify their voice and how they can have an impact. And uh, Jacqueline Wegner, uh, presumably the businesses participating in all of this brainstorming are instrumental to the action part mm-hmm. of, uh, of this equation. So what's being done or what has been done by business so far and what kinds of things need to be done? And I mean, we'll go into more depth, but basically, mm-hmm. what's the mission here? So for many years, we have partnered with businesses to encourage them to take on sustainable practices. So they're kind of walking the talk. And uh, with some of the more recent meetings, including the the meeting this past week with the Great Lakes Business Network, we're trying to get them to actually share their voice and and what their concern is. Um, So for um, 
close to 20 years, we've had a sustainable seafood program at Shedd Aquarium where we've worked directly with local restaurants to um, improve their menus and um, find ways that they can source sustainable seafood. And that is one of the ways that we can make a big impact on local waterways and on the health of the oceans is by making sure we're not overfishing um, any populations that are under threat. Um, funnily, this is kind of one of those crossovers with a topic with Asian carp because a lot of people look to Asian carp as a potential food item. And there are some people, some restaurants and some um, suppliers that try to get um, invasive Asian carp and figure out creative ways to eat it and um, and use that as a way to eradicate it or, or to at least just kind of deal with this impending issue in, in our region. Um, that's not really a large scalable solution at this time. But I was going to say, yeah. it's a little challenging to think of recipes for carp because they, so, they have so many bones. Yeah, a lot of people make carp burgers, which are pretty tasty. Um, and that's that's one opportunity. And that's primarily a really good educational tool for us to begin to talk about invasive species, um, including Asian carp. It, it is not the solution for eradicating, as, as Jacqueline just said. And, and the really primary goal for this event and the, for, the future forums are to educate our business leaders um, across the Great Lakes Basin about the, how they can amplify their voice as, as business leaders with elected officials. So it's that connection of educating uh, at what Jacqueline's team does of educating the public and the business leaders about issues and then helping them learn how to use their voice with teams like mine uh, with elected officials to have a greater impact and make sure we're talking about the $16 billion in tourism that the Great Lakes um, it, it advances each year and the $7 billion in, the, in our Great Lakes fisheries. Those are really substantial um, amounts of resources towards our Great Lakes economies, and we need to remember to bring that to um, our elected officials when they're trying to make decisions on how to move forward. I think what we do need to establish for, for people who are listening who keep hearing uh, Asian carp, bad, shouldn't get here. What happens if they do? Why? I, I think we need to set the, you know, why is this a matter of urgency, since I don't think people hear it in ter terms of urgency all that often. Absolutely. We, you know, one of the things uh, Karen Murchie, our director of Freshwater Fish, said while she was presenting on Monday was, it's really important when we think about invasives generally. Once an invasive is in in a community, whether it's an um, whether it's buckthorn, uh, that's that's uh, something growing, or uh, uh, mussels like zebra mussels in our Great Lakes, and especially Asian carp, it's almost impossible to remove it while it's there. What we know about Asian carp, and the reason why it's incredibly uh, concerning, is that they can eat between twenty and forty percent of their only own body weight each day. Uh, that's what's happening in in the Mississippi River Basin, which is uh, which abuts the Great Lakes. Um, and you know, at this point in the Great Lakes Basin, the Asian carp are about seventy to ninety percent of the biomass of fish in the river right now. So they are eating up and destroying all of the native fish that Jacqueline was just talking about. We need to restore those native fish in order for our Great Lakes fisheries, uh, again, which is a $7 billion economy each year for the Great Lakes, in order for that to continue to, to sustain itself and thrive, we need to make sure we keep Asian carp out. Is it just a matter of, uh, of, of marine life or sea life that, uh, or I don't know, freshwater, I don't know what to call it. But uh, anyway, is it a matter of, just keeping a variety of that life there for, for fisheries? Or what are the other impacts that, uh, you know, Asian carp and invasive species can have that would affect things like tourism and, uh, and, and recreation and such? 
Well, biodiversity is really critical to our region. And you mentioned in your introduction that the Great Lakes are home to about 3,500 native plants and animals. And we really, um, you know, as the aquarium, we are a, a voice for the animals that are out there that need to thrive in, in our environment. And so uh, we, it's critical that we maintain biodiversity. Um, Andrea was talking a little bit about invasive species and once they get root in an ecosystem, how um, how harmful that can be. And um, one of the projects that my team has been working on is bringing volunteers to local forest preserves to remove buckthorn, which a lot of people are familiar with as a, as a, a brush um, invasive species. Once buckthorn takes hold in a forest preserve, it chokes out all of the native plants and really becomes what's called a monoculture. So it's one plant, just buckthorn, in a whole forest preserve, uh, which really doesn't provide a lot of variety for food and habitat for different wildlife. And so what we're doing is taking volunteers out to clear out that buckthorn and revitalize different environments. And then we are uh, working with our research team to study the impact of that and an increase in biodiversity following the removal of that invasive species. As you might imagine, that is very resource intensive. It takes a lot of time and it also takes a lot of diligence to continue to go back and keep that buckthorn out. Um, the Great Lakes have also seen hundreds of invasive species enter the Great Lakes over the last couple hundred years as we've been um, building canals and bringing our uh, sea ballast water into the Great Lakes and, and through those routes in, um, introducing invasive species. And so we've also we've already seen a lot of um, damage from those invasive species that have ended up in the Great Lakes, and we are trying to you know kind of prevent and and so that we don't have to try to manage it after that. Um, so it's it's definitely a challenge. And, and prevention efforts can work. We've learned from um, the experiences with ballast water how to do it better. And at, we're at a point mm -hmm. right now where we're generally keeping out invasives due to the really smart. Um, science-driven interventions to keep those ballast waters clean and to help the shipping industry continue to move the in important um, pieces of the economy through our region, but in a safe way. So we can do this, these type of things in a safe way when we bring science to, to bear. And I think the biodiversity issue is in incredibly important. Addressing Asian carp and making sure it doesn't get in is the first step. The next step is restoring the health and vitality of our Great Lakes. Well, uh, our colleague, uh, we work across the Great Lakes Basin, and our colleague, Representative Debbie Dingle, has um, advanced a great bill called Forage Fish. And Forage Fish are the little fish that are in the food chain that need to be there, the little native fish, in order for our big white fish and other fish that we love to eat at dinner, like our walleyes and our trout. If we don't have those little forage fish, we're not able to eat the rest of those. And our and our Great Lakes fishery it's, and that economy isn't able to grow. So we need to help support not only preventing bad things from happening, but restoring the damage that has happened and rebuilding the biodiversity in our Great Lakes. Should I be surprised that there would be a project from the Shedd Aquarium that would be on land uh, <laughs> removing buckthorn? Uh, that, you know, I appreciate that question. You guys don't stick to the, to the water. <laughs> but no, seriously, though, that's, that tells us something yeah. about you know how broad the the impact is well my first reaction is that of course everything is related and connected you know so the chicago river is connected to the great lakes which is connected to the st lawrence river which is connected to the atlantic ocean and so all of these systems um you know can't just be looked at as they're as if they're in a bubble they're all connected and so um they're all yeah they can have an impact on each other the impetus for us doing that forest preserve work, um, a few years ago, we had a temporary exhibit highlighting amphibians of the world. 
And we wanted to take action to um, protect our local amphibians. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so there are um, ephemeral wetlands in the forest preserves that are really important for us to restore. And ephemeral means they're, they're seasonal. So, that, you know, especially in our uh, rainy seasons, we have ponds that, uh, that form in the forest preserves. And uh, that is the breeding ground for local amphibians like blue spotted salamanders and spring peepers and American toads. <clears throat> and so um, with us removing buckthorn, we're able to restore these ponds. Buckthorn actually leaches toxic chemicals into uh, the, those ponds. And so they're harmful for the development of eggs and tadpoles and, and amphibians. So that's kind of our connection as, as SHED. We're bringing our uh, expertise about amphibians and aquatic wildlife to, to even land-based ecosystems and, and hoping to restore them. And we've worked this year to try to educate our public and to um, advance really smart policy around the Clean Water Act and the Endangered Species Act. Um, especially around the Clean Water Act, there is a rule around just these pieces of land um, and how important they are. They're often seen as not as critical as the beautiful Great Lakes and Lake Michigan that we sit on. But they're absolutely essential for the healthy ecosystem in our Great Lakes. And the um, efforts to weaken the, the Clean Water Act is something that we've been fighting really hard against. It's been a very effective act. And, we, and the educational work we've been able to do with our volunteers and all of our visitors has had an impact, and Congress is listening. Um, people very often uh, want to see how things affect them where they live, mm -hmm. or they don't really get interested. Um, if you're not heading out to a forest preserve to enjoy things or uh, wanting to sit down for a nice meal at a seafood restaurant, how do the problems of invasive species directly affect everyday life for, for people. It, it impacts uh, the health and well-being of our Great Lakes. So there are 40 million people that live on this freshwater ecosystem, and many of us receive our fresh water from that. And when that water system begins to weaken and deteriorate, it impacts not just our ecosystem, but also our freshwater, and not just for those of us here in Chicago, but from across the basin. That's just the beginning of it. But it, our, many of us, and, and the 1.6 million people who have jobs from the from the Great Lakes uh, Basin, those jobs are impacted if we're not able to keep out um, Asian carp and keep the Great Lakes safe. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and we're talking about the environmental challenges facing the Great Lakes and what can be done to meet those challenges. My guests are Andrea Densham, Conservation Policy Director at the Shed Aquarium, and Jacqueline Wegner, Director of Conservation Action at the Shed. Um, before we talk about the action that is going on right now, uh, tell me how close the threat is to us. I mean, how far have the Asian carp gotten? The, Brandon Rhodes is, is the space in which it's the lock and dam that we uh, are working hard to ensure that we fortify to ensure that they don't move any farther. That's 50 miles out. Um, the uh, U.S. forest uh, forestry and the the, the Illinois um, Natural Resources Department are all tracking on a regular basis to make sure that they're not getting any further down. Um, we're continuing to see them um, move their way, their chain up. That's what we've seen across the Mississippi Basin. Uh, there's no belief, there's no reason to believe that they're going to stop um, before they get to the Great Lakes if we don't do something. Uh, we're, we're at a moment right now where, where we have a couple next steps. One is um, our governor and the other governors need to um, sign a, uh, a, a 
wonderful and impactful pre-construction and engineering design agreement. What's wonderful about it is that it's based on science and it's taken almost a decade for us to get there. The U.S. Corps of Engineers worked really hard. They're ready to go. We need to get the that uh, agreement signed. Then we need resources from Congress. Um, I'll be out in D.C. next month this month now that we're in November and um, we're going to make sure that there's an appropriations to fund that uh, and that that this is a Great Lakes waste basin wide so that the state of Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin and all the Great Lakes states are going to join in together with federal dollars and make sure this gets done. And then once that happens, then we need to make sure we're, we're protecting the rest of the ecosystem. But it, it's moving its way up the chain and we need to stop it. Oh. Without getting too deep into the the reeds uh, on on this, how will this stop it? I mean, what 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 are you what what are these uh, forces or whatever it is that they're putting into the water do? It, it is a, a it's a really interesting um, s- sort of chain of technologies that the UF Corps of Engineers has been able to bring together. And again, it's it's been a decade's worth of work at least. Uh, so there is a an acoustic uh, fish deterrent, there is a bubble curtain and an electric barrier, all of which will be working together in that Brandon Road Lack and Dam in order to both ensure that shipping and, and commerce can continue to happen and that we can prevent Asian carp from moving in. So those are the two things that we have to do at the same time, right? We need to ensure that we can have commerce and shipping occurring and happening in a healthy way, and we need to keep uh, these very voracious and aggressive carp on the other side. So um, it's that combination of technology, all of which is evolving over time um, that the U.S. Corps has developed that we're going to hopefully be able to put shovel and start planning and moving along uh, this near. Um, At a time when uh, lawmakers, uh, whether from local or who are working on Capitol Hill, have in some ways had to defy the... Uh, Trump administration's uh, urge to cut funding for environmental things, and some of those representatives on both sides of the aisle have defied it. How big a lift is this to get a plan approved and to get it funded? That is a great question, and it allows me to uh, proud proudly talk about the bipartisanness about the supporter at the Great Lakes. Uh, The Great Lakes... um, very uniquely, especially in this moment, is supported in a in a deeply bipartisan way, uh, and 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 binationally too. By the way, our our friends from the Canadian Council were were at our meeting and gave us a welcome on Monday. Um, but in terms of the across the aisle kind of work, it is completely understood that it doesn't matter if you're red, purple, or blue that um, the this Great Lakes economy needs to stay strong, that our Great Lakes need to be healthy and vibrant, and that we have to put money behind that. Uh, so the the what I, what I'll be going to DC to try to help get across the aisle are is increases to our Great Lakes Restoration Initiative funding for this effort among, among others. But we have uh, representatives from Michigan uh, like Representative Upton, he's a Republican from the state of Michigan, as well as Representative Schakowsky and Quigley here in in Illinois, who are Democrats, both working hand in hand uh, with senior <coughs> reps like. Uh, Representative Dingell, um, who's a two-generation uh, Michigander uh, working on these issues to make sure the funding's there. But this is the unique, thats it's super unique um, how much we're working across the aisle on this issue. And hopefully we all understand that without without these kind of investments, um, it has it can have a continuing devastating impact on our, our basin's economy. 
Are you are you encouraged that this is going to move fairly smoothly? Uh, have you have you encountered any opposition yet? Money, it's always challenging when we have a budgetary issues, um, especially ones that are substantive. And I think that speaks to why we need to try to keep invasives out. I mean, Jacqueline was talking about how expensive it is once something becomes established to just control it, let alone pre- eliminate it. Um, this is an example of us having to put some significant resources in order to keep something out of our Great Lakes. If it ever got in there, it would cost um, into probably into the billions of dollars to try to to control. So this will be in the millions of dollars, but it's the kind of investment that will keep us um, from having to pay more later. This is one of those prevention things. I used to do uh, health policy work and I loved it. This is one of those ounce of prevention kind of efforts. We put an ounce of prevention in, we ensure that the Asian carp stay on the other side of Brandon Roads, um, and then we're going to be able to put all of the other monies um, into restoring the health and vitality of the Great Lakes. Um. Jacqueline, I want to talk to you about business because uh, mm-hmm. that's the kind of action that you're trying to get more of. I looked at the list, for example, of mm-hmm. your restaurant partners, mm-hmm. and while there are some impressive uh, restaurants there, there are some there are some that aren't. I mean, there's a whole lot that aren't. What what has the reception been like, and and how do you push that mm-hmm. forward? So when we partner with restaurants, we see them as you know culture makers and change makers in our society. And so um, they're a great opportunity for us to reach a lot of different kinds of people in different ways. So I mentioned earlier our sustainable seafood program, but we also over the last couple of years have been working with restaurants to reduce their use of plastic. And this is another opportunity for them to show themselves as a leader in their community, but also have fun with Shed Aquarium by showing off that they want to make a difference and that they want to share that with their uh, their patrons and the, the people who are enjoying their establishment. So we have uh, several hundred businesses, including um, even at United Airlines, the Chicago White Sox, the Let Us Entertain You restaurants, all of the Andersonville restaurants. There are over 20 of them. All of these folks have made commitments to work with us to reduce their use of plastic. Um, and so this is a way that Shed has invited them to be leaders with us and, and care about an issue that is really a, a huge threat to the health of our local waterways. And so, um, yeah, that has just been another way that we've been working with businesses. Yeah, and let's, let's talk a little bit about the, about the problem with plastic, yeah. which, you know, anytime I see anything about it, this is a problem that's, that's lurking under the surface literally, but is huge. It is, and it also is, it's huge, especially in the, in the Great Lakes region, which really doesn't get as much of a... Uh, kind of a spotlight as ocean plastic does, but about 22 million pounds of plastic are entering the Great Lakes every year. 11 million pounds of that is in Lake Michigan alone, entering Lake Michigan alone. And so uh, that is a really you know detrimental in so many ways to our environment. And we've been talking about the importance of you know fostering biodiversity and protecting the wildlife that uh, call the Great Lakes home. And, and plastic, we're seeing it um, you know found in stomach contents of animals and um, we are still, you know, scientists are doing a lot of work to get to know the issue better. But we know that plastic in the environment is not natural and it's not healthy. So uh, we're trying to cut it off at the source and, and prevent it. And what, 
what can I mean? What are the restaurants doing? Obviously, yeah. plastic straws is 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 is, is low hanging fruit, yeah. although it's a political <laughs> issue. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. th- that's what is what can they do? So our first ask to businesses was to uh, reduce their use of straws by serving them on request and switching to compostable options, and we saw that as a really you know just planting a seed in trying to switch to a culture of reducing our use of disposable plastic, switching more to reusables or also switching to compostable options when we need to have disposable. Uh, We're also encouraging businesses to take on compost services. Shed, I'm grateful to work at a place that we have composting and all of our food waste or our uh, packaging waste from uh, the food in our uh, cafes can be composted. And so that is a much better way to deal with that than um, having it end up in our waterways. Um, Here in Chicago, only about 9% of of our plastic is recycled. And uh, that is a really shocking statistic to hear. And so using some plastic or using uh, materials and then recycling it is actually not the, the best solution. It's really about preventing and going for reusables. And it's interesting in the Great Lakes to also recognize that we're, we're the home of manufacturing. And we're also, that means the manufacturing of plastic. And plastic comes from petroleum. Um, and it, we, we often talk downstream about what happens when uh, the plastic disintegrates. Uh, the production of it itself also causes, for those who live near it and um, and the creatures that um, uh, live near the factories, there can be devastating impacts to the production of it as well. Um, so moving away from something that's a very new and modern and unnecessary um, item to reusables is critically important, not only in terms of the kind of waste that it's producing and the microplastic, but also by reducing the amount of petroleum-based products that are made generally and the the toxins that happen from the production itself that can really devastatingly impact um, local ecosystems and local communities. What's great is that we're at a moment where all of the collective impact work that Jacqueline's team has done to educate communities and educate businesses and have those early adopters start to make change is resulting in legislative change. Uh, Just yesterday, uh, Senator Udall um, presented a new bill to Congress. There is a bill in the works here in the city of Chicago to to reduce use and to move towards uh, reusables. And we can only hope that um, in the next state session there'll be... probably as many as four bills. We're very excited that the great work of citizens is having an impact. And that really leads into the last thing I want to talk about uh, with the time we have, and that's public education. How do you get the public uh, more excited about and supportive of real activity involving the lakes, involving the ecosystem? There are so many ways to jump in and be active. We are so lucky to live in a region, the Chicago Wilderness region, where there are so many opportunities to partner with um, conservation organizations such as SHED to do some kind of work. And it really uh, depends on what your interest is and what your issues are that you care about. But um, a lot of opportunities are out there to engage. Uh, At SHED, we host the volunteer work days that I've been talking about, and even throughout the winter, we head out into the forest preserves of Cook County to cut buckthorn and restore those habitats. So even though it's a chillier time of year, it would be great to have people come out and join us for that. Um, We also have beach cleanups and a program called Kayak for Conservation, where people can get out on our shorelines and on the Chicago River to not only collect uh, litter from those uh, ecosystems, but also to help collect data so that we can better understand the problem. Um, Andrea, are you seeing enough of a response from local officials? 
We always can use more, and I think that's one of the reasons why we were working um, and, and will continue to work with local business leaders who are, have a really who ha- can have the ear of elected officials um, in a way that's uh, especially important. Uh, their local businesses, whether they're from Charlevoix or, or from the South um, Shore, all have and know their elected officials. We need to make sure they understand that this is impacting citizens and local businesses and our local economy. I can't wait for local um, our local officials to join with us and make sure we protect the Great Lakes and keep them vibrant. And you're very quickly you're seeing enough action, such as the the, the um, ordinance at Chicago City Hall. I, I hope um, and wish everyone will join all of us and, and shed aquarium in moving forward to advance really smart legislative solutions to as plastic pollution and and preventing Asian carp from making their way into the Great Lakes. That's Andrea Densham and also Jacqueline Wegner of the Shed Aquarium. Thank you both for spending this time with us. And it did really go by quickly. Uh, So we'll have to have them back. Uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcasts on Radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of That Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.